Right. Do you see Joel Linton was voted uh, Newcastle's Player of the Year? <laughs> I mean, what a player. All he needs is a goal tonight. We are... No, please. It's their last game, Mike. It's their second Newcastle. game. Surely they've no. got a game on the final day. No, haven't they, haven't they yeah. got... Oh, no, nah, this it's is It's called it, the final day for a reason. <laughs> yeah. Newcastle don't abide by that, though, anymore. Um, they paid right. so they don't have to play on the final day. So they're playing, was definitely offside. They're playing the 39th match overseas in uh, Abu Dhabi or whatever. Oh, yeah, I can't divulge to the viewers why it's taking so long to clean up my laptop, but it was taking quite <laughs> a long time there. Um, right. He's onside uh, too, Ref. Look, Ross. Sorry. Get a grip. <clears throat> um, I've got to think of a reason why Dave's not here. Other than the fact that he doesn't really care about any of you listeners anymore, um, it was a le- it was a later infection from his uh, uh, previous illness. Good stuff. It's snake related. Yeah. We know that much. Yeah. Hell, not his snake related. <laughs> let me tell you. Uh, no, 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 not anymore. He's cleaned up those businesses. Yeah, unfortunately, my laptop hasn't. Quite. Honestly, <laughs> Dave Umbrella's best client. That's what I've heard. <laughs> You see, now you can cut from here, Mike. You know exactly the moment to cut. Or leave it in. It's up to you. Leave it in. This is the power of the editor. Anyway. Hello and welcome back to the In Around Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Will Hunt. And joining me this week, like every week, is sports media's number one, number one. Joel Linton, Talisa, and Top Gun correspondent. It's Mr. Mike Breslin, a.k.a. K-Log fanboy number one. It's quite a two weeks for me. As Ross has just told me, Joel Linton plays Player of the Year at Newcastle, which is which is amazing. Next week, Top Gun Maverick releases. I mean, you can't ask for much more. Apart from a Joel Linton goal, is all we need. To be fair, what's wild is I thought that I, when they took, when I heard they were making Top Gun two, I thought that is a tough film to follow because it's the most eighties film of all time. Mm. Um, bizarre and. Apparently, it's really good. and So the reviews say. I th- but I still think I would have put more money on that film being good, based on the fact it's got Mr. Tom Cruise in it, than Joel Linton coming good this season. That's what <laughs> I'll say to you. It quite if anyone wants around. us to make uh, In and Around the Red Carpet a thing, I'm pretty sure we could do that. Oh, <laughs> in and Around the Red Button. That doesn't really work, does it? Slightly less glamorous, isn't it? In and around the red button is just about us just talking about the various different countries in NATO. <laughs> uh, I don't know where to go there. Uh, other than to say, that other voice you heard is the Walcott Warbler. He is Mr. Pod Ross and the feeling super fan, Mr. Ross Bird. Hello. Ross, talk to me about the feelings album that you've been listening to this week. Oh, 12 stops and home. It's a classic. Wall to wall bangers from the feeling. Give it a listen if you haven't already. Cool, that's tough. That <laughs> Mike, I'm telling you, mate. You're going to love it. All right, Mike. I'll report back next week. I, I Mike. will listen to it. You'll have it on final by this time next week, Mike. A bit of trivia for the um, the viewers who <laughs> I know where this are is. interested in the feeling. Ross, do you want to tell them who the feelings front man is married to? Um, Sophie Alice Bexter. The queen of the kitchen disco. This is pop. Yeah, 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 true. Very true. (laughs) 
incredible scenes. It could, you could look. Mean, by the way. You could tell that it's the end of the season and that we've completely exhausted all these teams of discussing them. Um, like these, you said, as, we, as we've said in the chat, the storylines are the teams we've already discussed on the last seven episodes. <laughs> so I, I've just got a few. I've got a few things to to get off my chest, lads. First, firstly, um, congratulations to uh, the Black Bull guy, Jake Daniels. Congratulations. Oh, yeah. 2022 shouldn't be such a big deal, but it is a big deal and tremendously brave to um, come out as a as a gay man, given how macho football can be. So very brave and very well done. And it was nice to see um, a lot of support for him. Yeah. Big, big, yeah. big day, lads. Definitely. And hopefully yeah. that'll, um, I don't know if open the floodgates is the word, but allow other people to feel comfortable to do the same going forward. Yeah, hopefully. They certainly seem to be getting more comfortable talking about it. I think Graham Souness, being an atypical hard man, a classic footballer, talking about his experiences at Pride was a big, was quite a, a big moment a few years ago. Um, but this is this is great. Um, now we've got yeah, the really, nice really part good. out of the way. FIFA are in the comments of Blackpool's post sharing. Jake's quotes about how it how his story might make it more inclusive for other people. The last World Cup host was Russia. The next World Cup host is Qatar. So if Jake was an international, he could not go to the next World Cup and be himself. So before we all get carried away and watching all the brands, because all the football clubs, of course, were, and I think a lot of them do mean it we're all being very inclusive but then FIFA dived in and we're like oh yeah great Jake and they're after a bit of positive PR but we've got to remember ladies and gentlemen that at the end of the day they'll all sell their mother for money um, and real change is not possible in football while regimes who don't want this thing to happen continually fund football and use it to wash their blood money so there you are well said. Yep. I'll tell you what, this whole... Sorry, ladies and gentlemen, I don't know if you got the preamble, but I'm lying down in my bed and I'm trying to evangelise while I'm sort of lying here like Nero in Rome, the Colosseum's burning off elsewhere. Where's Dave, you ask? Two snakes came out. Either side. They, 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 went, they were going to go through the bandages at the front of his face, but instead they went into his ear and now, because Dave has so little in between his ears, they were able to go through his ears and into his eyes. It was a tough scene. Sounds like a tough, tough scene. scene. <clears throat> yeah, really. so Dave's hot takes are simmering for another week. But luckily, I'm bringing them this week. The first question I have to ask you this week, lads, is Klopp the most overrated manager in English football history? Now, I say this not to say that Jurgen Klopp is a bad manager, but in the aftermath of his FA Cup win at the weekend, which, yes, was against Chelsea, so I'm probably coming at this with a bit of bit of heat. Um, there seems to be this desire to proclaim him on a level with Sir Alex Ferguson, who we all, um, I think, universally, I don't know your feelings, Ross, think is the best manager to ever yeah, manage definitely. in the game. Uh, yeah. So I just want to talk about it. Where does Klopp rank all time in the Pantheon? To you, at least. Has he surpassed Wenger yet? No. 
I don't think so. <coughs> Obviously, I've yeah, got a bit of, bit of bias over it. But, uh, no. It's close, what? though, I'd say. Why not? Why is he not surpassed Wenger? Firstly... Well, he's only won one Premier League, hasn't he? I, I, th- I think we... I do think that we, was what was holding me back. Should, should, we, should we be more general? And should we talk... Because when they talk, they, they're saying some of the best managers of all time. They're not just talking English League. So... When, I don't watch the Bundesliga, as we've discussed before <laughs> but, on this podcast. But, but Klopp has two, two leagues over there, too, is what I'm trying to get at. Not that I think that makes him better than Wenger, but it's an interesting prospect. Why would you say not better than Wenger? Is it solely on trophies accumulated? I think at the moment. I mean, Wenger had... She probably knows. I think it was three. Uh, <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was three. <laughs> Oh three, oh four. Oh, uh, 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 yeah. Uh, two, oh three, One, two. oh three. Oh, they they went they went back to back, did they? Didn't they did. Didn't they? Uh, Ross, oh, you sat there in your Arsenal shirt. Oh God, <laughs> embarrassing. We won one in like the late nineties. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, Mike, 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 take over, save him. Yeah, I think it's just longevity, really. And the fact he's only, so far, only won one league. I think that's where, obviously, on a on a European level, Klopp wins. And I think when he wins, if he can beat Pep for another league, I think that takes him over Wenger. Really? Arsenal have three, as I thought. As I thought. That's 98, 02, 04. There you go. Is he better than Mourinho? <laughs> no. Don't buy that either. Now, Mike, Mike, I'm going to need you to, going to need you to think back to that Chelsea team. Well, the, no, the the problem with Mourinho is the Porto thing that he did, and also Inter. And Inter, yeah. Could have another European trophy by the end of this season. Better than Ancelotti? No. Yeah. He's won every major European league. And he's got two Champions Leagues. Could have a he's third. no way better than Angelou. I don't, oh, I, I don't have a clue about managers. <laughs> Is he better than Shankly? <laughs> Paisley? Kevin Keegan? Oh, Kevin Keegan gets in for his... The reason, I, the, the reason I bring this up, and I'm slightly... I'm dry, trying to drive to the point now. Is in the realm of social media in modern day, do we rush to say that everyone's the greatest of all time? Because Klopp, to me, although he's had a, an excellent, excellent, excellent career, I mean, his achievements at Dortmund were superb. His achievement, the job he's done at Liverpool is really good. Um, but I just, there seems to be this clamour to want to say he's the best of all time. Kind of like, I think it's partly because he's, he's up against Pep, who is... I think universally decided as one of the best of all time. So I just want to get at it. Like, do you think that now we rush to proclaim people the best ever? And, and why do you think that is? We definitely do that, I think. And yeah, and I think it's because everyone can have an opinion on Twitter. I think that is the main thing, yeah. Um, and you get these accounts which have a big following. 
which can tweet out essentially any old bollocks that they like. And it gets a few retweets and then suddenly flops the, the best in the world. I mean, what he's doing, I, I, I would like to say, is incredible. Yeah. That team is amazing. Then they still might win four trophies. I really hope they don't. <laughs> I, I think this podcast would end if they do, but. Um, no, I'm not coming back again. No, I'm not coming back if they win a quadruple. But I think he's still got a bit of longevity, maybe, to prove it over some other other managers. But but yeah, I mean, his achievements are quite incredible. What he has proven, and Pep's had this, has proven this as well, kind of in this, certainly in this last job, is that they can have a transformative effect. Because let's not forget, like... Brendan Rodgers did a masterful job at Liverpool in that one season to get him even close to a title because he had Steven Gerrard just trying to play absolute glory days in midfield and he was actually hurting the team. And he also had and he had Luis Suarez being amazing. But other than that, Liverpool were not a great team. They were not a great club at that point. They weren't everything was in a bit of disarray. And then Klopp came in and obviously the club did other things around him with the scouting and stuff, but he had such a transformative effect on just turning them into serial winners. So that goes beyond a bit of tactics. Like the difference between like Klopp, Pep and Tuchel for me is like, I, I think, and the reason I mentioned Tuchel is because after the Champions League, when people started to talk about him in that calibre, is that tactically, I think they're pretty much of a muchness. I think they're all very good in-game tacticians. I think they're all very good managers. But what Tuchel hasn't done is proven that he can have the transformative effect on his club like the other two have. And I think that's what separates the great managers. And I think that's why people are eager to talk about cloth in the same level as they talk about Mourinho and things like that. Because Mourinho and Wenger, to their credit, I mean, Mourinho changed Chelsea into the club they are now. And Wenger changed Arsenal, but also changed English football. Like, if you would, Klopp will never have the effect on English football that Wenger had on English football. But I don't think anyone else will ever have that effect because he brought them out of the dark ages. That's a nice no, thing no I've ever, said about him. <laughs> no one's ever going to forget this Liverpool team. It's probably the best. Football, I will. You know, it, it may well be the best Liverpool team ever, and they've taken on the probably the other best Premier League team ever. Oh, steady on! Oh, Are you suggesting that football gets better over the years and athletes get better over the years, and the players <laughs> now might be better than the ones we remembered? Because I certainly agree. <laughs> yeah, apparently that's the thing. Sounds about right. What's really interesting is Klopp's achievement is even more impressive when you consider that at one point he was starting Clavan and Lovren. Yeah, yeah not when they were... <laughs> not in, they didn't That's start having real success until they had like Alisson and Van Dijk and stuff, did they? Oh, it's a couple of finals. They were still a good team. Uh, but I know what you mean. They weren't what they were until... And, uh, I mean, you're factoring in like money spent into all these things? Cause... Not really. Because uh-huh. Sir, Sir Alex Ferguson spent a ton of money, yeah, and that's uh, and the whole mon- the whole money concept's ridiculous. Because like a billion looks like a lot now, and it is a lot of money. But comparatively with what football earns, you were spending a lot of money back then as well. And also, the best managers always have a lot of money to spend. Near enough, yeah. true, I suppose. Yeah, like you're in, not asking, in every era. You're not asking Martin Scorsese to make a film on a Motorola, aren't you? No. You know what I mean? Like, you, you, are, should, you should go to Pep, go to Walsall and try and win the Champions League. 
Now that is something I'd like to see, like a yeah, football manager experiment. Do you think Pep's the best we've ever seen in the Premier League? I mean, it's it is hard to say. Where are you, where are you on Klopp versus Pep? Uh, Pep's a better manager. So okay, yeah. so I don't I don't actually think that's a contest. Really? No, I'd not take at all. Pep for sure. I think not at all. Why? Do you want to go, Ross, or do you want me to go? No, go on. Well, first and foremost, Pep unlocked the greatest player ever. So that's on his resume forever. Like Messi is not the greatest player of all time without Pep being there. That Pep Barcelona's team, for all I for all I didn't like about it and the style of football, there's no denying that it drastically influenced football for years to come. Like teams were going around going, we need to play like Barcelona. We need to play like Barcelona. We need to dominate like Barcelona. And then, but it's, but it is the truth. It's that soundbite, isn't it? And that goes beyond football. And it, I mean, Spain's world cup, Pep wasn't managing Spain. But he was managing Spain in terms of the style they took on. That World Cup to me, and it's it's a bit staff to say it, but it does feel like it should be his as much as oh, I know what you mean because they they played without a striker essentially that tournament. Yeah, anyway. well they played Cesc Fabregas up front, didn't they? Yeah, they um, are, and, and more in the Euros than in then they did have David Villa. But then you look at, I mean, Bayern Munich perhaps not the European success that he we would have come to expect, but. He, I think, made Bayern Munich into the all-conquering machine they are now. Like, it wasn't just the one that they'd won under Heinz. They are dominant. They were just so ahead of everyone. They were, the, they were just levels above everyone. And it's the same with City. Like, they've won the league four out of five years. Like, I don't know how you can argue Klopp for him, Klopp versus him, because he just has had that sustained level of dominance. And I guess you could argue the money, but I don't really think it matters. Liverpool spent loads too, so I don't think you can really... The money is, is probably the only interesting point. And, and I guess Klopp's a bit more like he looks like he's their mate on the sideline, whereas Pep's obviously always barking instructions. But I actually agree. I think Pep's the, the, the I think Pep, ever. I think Pep's a genius. And I think Klopp is a genius too, but I think Klopp, I think Klopp's genius comes into into other aspects of the game. I think his man management is second to none. Um, I think I think he is an expert at deflecting in the media in a way that perhaps Pep isn't sometimes. But I, I just there's just something about Pep Guardiola that when I mean I'll put it I'll put it to you this season when we come up against Liverpool, I always think we have a chance. I always, I mean, whereas what, in fairness, in, in the games that Chelsea played Liverpool as well, half yeah. of them have gone to pens. <laughs> and it's not me saying that Liverpool, we're as good as Liverpool. I just always feel like we have a chance. I think Klopp gives you a chance. Whereas against City, it's so they're so dominant, and it doesn't really matter who they play. Like if so, for example, if um, this is a bad example to use, given he scored the penalty, if Simicas starts over Robertson, I think to myself, well, Klopp's system requires. Is going to require Robertson. We could probably get Simicus. If Fabian Delph is starting for City, it doesn't matter to me because City is so dominant because the way Pep set them up. And Pep's going to change a million things during the game to keep them on top. Yeah, it's, it's mad just, that Ake can 
Yeah, he's, he's good in that team. He's just a genius. And City City have gone up another level this year in the in the Premier League until the last couple of months, I would say. They started off the season on absolute fire and they did it without striker. Like they did it without. It's going to be vile next year, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, and it'll be interesting to see because when he had Lewandowski, he turned him into an absolute monster. Um, helped mould him into the player he is now. Um, I just think he's, I think he's better than Klopp. I'm, I'm, I know, I know people. Some people think that's they're like, oh, it's Klopp has done more with less, but I don't buy that. But uh, I mean, Liverpool have also spent loads. I know they have spent less, but it's not that they haven't spent. Is it? I don't know how much that really comes into it. Yeah. The only thing, the only thing I think you could make the claim for Pep is the is the sort of the the moments in Europe over the last couple of years. But looking back at them, I think to myself, the Leon game's a massive missed opportunity. Um, obviously, this year against Madrid feels like a missed opportunity. But when they um, when they lost to Chelsea last year, I thought they lost they lost to the best defensive team in Europe, and they lost one nil. And I don't think there's a lot of shame in that happening. I don't think that's a fault of Pep. I think that's a fault of just them coming up against a great defensive performance on the day. But I just think there's this eagerness to kick him. Whereas with Klopp, there's less of an eagerness to kick him because you perceive him as doing more with less. But Yeah, that is true. Every time City go win a batch. And we've, we've kind of done it as well. Like it needs a striker or whatever. Yeah. Or, yeah, he, he overthinks it in Europe or whatever. Sometimes you just... Weird, weird things and... happen. I know it's happening to City. It does keep happening. No, I don't know why that is. Yeah. And I, I don't think I don't. I mean, it sounds like I think they're light years apart. I really don't. I actually think they're. I think they're really close in terms of ability, in terms of the current job they're doing. It's just that Klopp has Klopp's Klopp's reign at Borussia Dortmund carries less weight to me than that Barcelona run carries because I've got so much respect for Jose Mourinho that and to watch him humbled mm. right up until the point where he broke Pep mentally, which is. The only way Jose could win. Yeah, have you watched the PK overlap? Uh, no, I haven't. But I, I saw. He, the basically, he basically said that, yeah, that yeah. in the end, Mourinho just broke him and he yeah. had to leave. Yeah, and I do think that's true. But the height, Jurgen Klopp, will never ascend to the heights that Pep Guardiola achieved in that time. And I think a lot of that has to do with the the players and the special nature of it. I just, but I do think that matters. To just to have that on your resume is. To have been the manager of the greatest team of all time and to basically build it in your model is an achievement that goes beyond simple trophies. At, at your your own club, your home club, basically as well. Yeah. Mourinho better than both. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> Sorry. Um, City still win the title. Yeah. Villa at home. Are you serious? Oh, they've got that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, are you, are you serious? Imagine, well, imagine the narrative if uh, Gerard stops that brings Liverpool the title. Gerard. People are saying, like, Gerard finally wins a Premier League title. Here's the, here's the kicker. He doesn't. 
Even if he wins it as a manager, changes nothing. Changes nothing for me. Um, on the subject of overrating everything, um, and I do just want to ask this though, I've seen a few claims that this season is the best ever. Um, what do you make of that? And I guess the whole, a lot of the argument seems to come down to things being still in play in the final day. Um, but I don't know about you two. I'm bored a little bit by this season. Yeah, I think you can, you can make a case for it being the best ever because the title is still to play, will go to the last game unless, well, unless Liverpool do something really silly. Um this week, the top four race, depending on what Arsenal do in the next 45 minutes. It's not looking really, good, is it, Ross? It's really interesting. It's not looking good at half-time. I think Newcastle have had about 70% possession. We've been pinned in by Newcastle. It's, it's a tough scene. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and obviously, the the relegation dogfight. Two teams are gone, but that last place is still... All to play for, I guess that's the not really all to not play for. Yeah. But, so well, things well, are still in play. Nice. Still in play and likely to be in play to the last game. I mean, can't ask for much more than that, really. Yeah, that is good, but I don't know. I just feel like it's been a bit of a nothing season. It's yeah, maybe that maybe that's because my has been terrible, but but. Can I put it like this? Man United are sixth, right? Which means there's somehow in the league 14 teams who are worse than them. <laughs> that's, the be- that's the best season ever. I'm really not sure. I'm not sure. I feel like sometimes we should just look at the league table and resort some people not based on points. Just like, there's no way you come away from watching West Ham and think United are a better team. There's just no way. <laughs> I thought that when we played West Ham the other week, I'm like, they're street there to United. Leicester are ninth. Leicester haven't been good. They've been terrible, yeah. I'm not. I mean, just off that metric alone, it can't have been that good a season. Do you think? Do you think part of it is because there's a bit of fatigue with Man City and Liverpool being so dominant? Because I think back to the start of this season, and maybe this is just me hoping this. So please let me know if it was any different. But. Chelsea's Champions League win sort of gave me a bit of hope that we might see a bit of a three-horse thing, and it was for a while, and then they injuries and everything, and it all fell away, and it all changed. But I had, well, I thought United had half a chance to get. Yeah, the genuine hope for. Well. I didn't think Arsenal hope. had a chance. Just to <laughs> did you not? Uh, <laughs> bit of. Are we staying up? That's the question. <laughs> particularly after game too. <laughs> but do you know what I mean? Like, obviously. Sustained brilliance is is great, but it does lead, lend a bit of fatigue when you sort of like you want to see a few different things in the in the title race. Because I mean, you look at the mid two thousands; it was changing after after Sir Alex Ferguson when it went Liverpool versus City, Chelsea versus City, Chelsea versus Spurs, Tottenham versus Leicester, yeah, Chelsea yeah. versus Spurs again. Well, Arsenal finished second to Leicester, actually. Yeah. That is one that do you know that's one of the great anom- anomalies of like sport because I can for a second if you if you asked me to say who was second that year I would never say Arsenal because no, it felt like it was Spurs. Game. We just, yeah. it just had to be Spurs, didn't it? 
Hey, well, what a travesty it would have been if Spurs had won the league. Thank God. Over Leicester. God. Yeah, thank God they held on. Well, I mean, it, it would have been Arsenal, wouldn't it? So. <laughs> what a horror title league team that would have been. Jesus. Oh, no, Giroud was in it. It would have been all right. Oh, yeah. Sanchez, too, wasn't it, at that point? Oh, yeah, it's it's a, good, a good sign. But is that fatigue real? Or have I made it up? Or am I just thinking to myself, I want Chelsea to be in there? No, I think if you're not a fan of one of those two teams, it's definitely real. Yeah. I think so. And that is kind of sad. And it... Because they are that good, but they're but it. What are we four, four or five seasons into just these two, and that's it. Yeah, yeah. I know United finished second once, and again, that's just a stupid anomaly. Yeah. But, I mean, you had this with uh, Ferguson and Wenger back in like, yeah. the uh, early noughties, didn't you? Where it was just is, the two of them, pretty much. What is interesting in the in the City Liverpool era, as we'll call it. Chelsea have won more trophies in Liverpool. <laughs> but it does... Sorry, it's just a weird anomaly, isn't it? But it does feel like those two's era, and they dominate so much of the conversation, mainly because it's Scout Sports News, but you know what I mean. And I just wonder if it's almost affecting... Not affecting it, because obviously it's great that English football's so good, but if it's sort of going to bring that level of fatigue with it. Yeah, and as well, outside of them winning, well, they're both winning the league basically every year. Yeah. They also are essentially the only teams that win the Cups apart from Chelsea. That's true, yeah. And that's what makes it even worse. If, like, say Palace got to the final, maybe they won the, the FA Cup or whatever. Well, Leicester won last year. Yeah, I know, but... Arsenal won it. <laughs> Two years yeah, but these teams are essentially, their second homes, bloody Wembley. Yeah, Yeah. And that, and that, like, if you're at least seeing some other teams in those a bit more often, I know there are examples, so it's not exactly think... correct. But like the Carabao City had won it, like what five years in a row or something stupid. Do you think the fact that obviously we had the stoppage with the COVID pandemic, and it was, and then so we had that season, and then we rolled straight into the next season. Then we had the Euros in the summer. And then we're going, we're finishing this season. Then we're rolling into next season quicker. Then we're having the World Cup. Do you think it's a case of we've seen so much good football in such a short span of time that we're sort of like, I've just seen this. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like I've been watching this for three years straight. <laughs> there's only so many times I can watch Salah do Watford's right back inside out. You know what I mean? Well, that is sickening because that, that happens every second season. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then and then in the season in between, it's the Fulham left back. <laughs> yeah. I just so, think something there. I mean, I mean, for what it's worth, it's not the greatest season ever because the greatest season ever is 11-12. Because it's got the last-minute Aguero goal to win it. Yeah, and that's got to be the one. Which So you've got a narrative there. You look at the Champions League. But also, because QPR were, um, were fighting for survival, weren't they, as well, yeah. in, that, in that game? So the yeah. survival last battle was still on. Yeah. Um, I mean, and then if you want to look outside of it, you had uh, the Chelsea Champions League win, which felt like a movie. Um just how ridiculous it was. You still had Pep's Barca fighting with uh, Madrid. You had PSG's rise. It, it was a good. It was a good season. But the reason the, I say Di Matteo won the Champions League. 
<laughs> West Brom legend. Uh, the man doesn't even have a job, does he? Now? Christ. He fucking shouldn't have a job. <laughs> good, good manager. Worst manager uh, to ever win the uh, Champions League. God no. Been. No. Surely. No. <laughs> they can't. The man's unemployed, here. Will. Klopp's, Klopp's won it. <laughs> Joking, of course. He can't be the worst one to ever win it. Yeah, he How could there be anyone else? <laughs> he's unemployed. He won a Champions League and he still couldn't get another job. He won a, he won a Champions League 10 years ago as well. I've just Googled it and the top result on Google is, is a Sunderland message board asking this question. <laughs> this is amazing. What are you doing in... Um... What are you doing in three days' time to celebrate the anniversary of Robert Di Matteo winning the Champions League? The 10 year anniversary. I know what I'm doing. I'll be messaging the SMB. (laughs) (laughs) I'll be watching it live. Um, (laughs) Live. (laughs) Joseph Basigma was the right back for that team, too. (laughs) It happened 10 years ago. I don't know how live it can be. Uh, Doctor Who, you know. Um, So. (laughs) <laughs> I don't know where this podcast is going. Uh, so we're all universally agreed, not the best season. Um, That's shit. Let's just before we move on. I, I was watching when we were watching the FA Cup final at the weekend. I was watching Luis Diaz play. He played really well again, and shit. he's just fun, isn't he? He's just fun. Like even when he's not, even when he's not scoring goals, he's just fun. And it led to me to think of the question, who's the most fun player in the Premier League? And I'm not talking about um, the best player, but the most fun player. Who is the player whenever you watch, you think, God, he's good to watch, even if he, even if he's like his seventh step over, ends in a shot into like the abyss. Kind of like, you know, in uh, Chelsea played Ajax a few years ago and Kurt Zuma picked up the ball and then did that crazy yeah. run into the... And then missed <laughs> and it made it all the better. <laughs> Who's fun like that? Um, I reckon San Maximum. San Maximum, I thought, was up there. I, I wanted to I wanted to see if we could find the most fun forward player, the most fun midfielder and the most fun defender. Well, we've got to have a keeper. So, Foscast. Who's the most fun? I mean, the most fun <laughs> keeper has to be Edison. It just does, doesn't it? Yeah, it's got to be, I think. Aaron Ramsdale? Ooh, he is fun. Oh, Pickford, to be fair. Well, T-Rex arms. He's not fun, he's annoying. My vote goes to Ramsdale. Oh, I think nah, Ramsdale. but Pickford's fun. But Ramsdale, Ramsdale joining in with the fans saying, you're shit. <laughs> Genuinely one of the funniest moments of the season, I think. And him to Bruno after that penalty miss. Enjoyed that a lot too. Defenders, I've got I've got one to put forward. Tony Rudiger. Rudiger. Tony Rudiger. Yeah, give it to him. Reason big. Runs charges around like a bull in a China shop. Regularly takes 35-yard long That's shots. That's what I love about him. <laughs> has, has scored whatever, but will take them in any game. He took one in the Champions well. League. Hits he took one really in well. the Champions League final. Like, this man, he's got no care for when it is. He just, he'll just do it. He'll just do whatever he wants. Um, Mike, you got, a, you got a call for a defender, or are you happy with Tony Rudiger? 
I think, uh, what's that lad's name at Brighton? Oh, he scored against United. Tarek Lamptey? No, no, no. Kukurea. Kukurea. Oh, I like that. <laughs> That'd be my pick. Did you see Cucurella say at the Brighton Awards, coach, you're going to have to put me on the bench because I don't do so well at speaking English. Did he see what their player of the year? Yeah, he did. He did. I really yeah, like he's had a really good thing yeah. well. Really like I just him. think he's fun. Yeah, he's, and he's quite good. So when, he really starts, good when he starts taking 35 yards in Champions League finals, we can put him in here. But, um, hey, he won't have to wait too long if he sticks with Graham Potter. Too bloody rough. <laughs> oh, um... Midfield? Uh, Tiago. I was thinking Tiago, yeah. Yeah, it probably is, isn't it? I just can't think of like a... I think he's not necessarily that fun, but he's just classy and sometimes he does some unnecessary like touches and stuff and you're just like, you didn't need to do that, but that's... that's Charlie so Adam cool. for that dive. You see he scored his own goal the other week. Did he really? <laughs> He's been doing the rounds. How yeah, old so is he? Been... He's got to be ancient, hasn't he? No, Charlie oh, no. Adam. Sorry, Charlie it wasn't Adam's an own seen. goal. He, he basically crossed it across his own box and the guy just <laughs> nodded it in. Charlie Adam has looked 60 since he was about 20. <laughs> yes. Trying to give his Charlie Adam else, age, hold on. Midfield. He's got... Uh, over, it... under 35. Over. It's got to be. Under, under. He is... 36. Oh. I thought I just he's one, he is not 1 meter 85. He's taller than Luke Shaw, lads. <laughs> There's no way. I love that. That's the brother to that. Oh, no. He's the same as Luke Shaw. They're the same height. That checks out. Mike Paul Pogba <laughs> for most fun midfielder. <laughs> most fraudulent midfielder, maybe. Joe Lidson? Yeah, he should be no, up there. No, no, no. Uh, now, said. Wingers, there's a couple of options here. There's the aforementioned Diaz, but Riyad Mahrez. Yeah, like, Riyad Mahrez missing no, a penalty no. could have won the champion, won the Premier League. Hilarious subject, isn't it? Like, really funny. When we put this podcast out, I might put it out with the, the photo that Dave sent of Mahrez in the chat <laughs> instead of our logo. He's that cute, isn't he? Mahrez, not Dave. Um, Wingers, strikers, who have you got been the most fun? So the problem with fun wingers is they're the sort of players that <laughs> irritate me. Like, they're non-passers, they're just like... I, don't know, I just hate players like that. So Maximum's got to be the man, surely. I mean... Is that Maximum joined... no, Actually, Richarlison? You don't know, fuck you, Mark. <laughs> fuck you. Oh, get it, no. <laughs> You can't have an Evans player. Fuck you. Richard Allison. Fuck. Viewers know that I'm right, but anyway. They do not. Um, Is Sam Maximan good? No. His production doesn't suggest that he is. Doesn't exist. Ever since he decided what he wanted a new deal, was it? He's been terrible. Look, that video of him just doing about 12 step overs <laughs> when the man's about five or six <laughs> yards away from him. Do you know what? That reminded me of uh, the Paul Neville step over. Paul Have you ever seen that? <laughs> Google Paul Neville step over. Very funny. Uh, Charles is trending on Google. I didn't know you could trend on Google. 
the next one is the next suggested word is fraud though. Um, uh, He's the worst for for being a non-passer. Like, I don't think I've ever seen him pass. What a horrible player. Who would be your striker? Uh, Jamie Vardy. Yeah, I was thinking Vardy. It That's has to be Jamie Vardy. It just has to be. Like, we were talking about this yesterday. Him scoring against Crystal Palace and then flapping his wings like an eagle is... <laughs> It's elite shit out of It's just elite. Like, you don't get better than that. He is class, isn't he? And and obviously, his, his missus is, is in... Uh, well, oh, Wagatha Christie. I think we we should probably talk about that. Because... <laughs> <laughs> some of the things... Some of the things coming out of that trial... Are you trial, sure about this? Some of the things coming out of that trial are sensational. I'm going to see if I can find it. Hold on. I mean, it's great value. It really. Um, sometimes things like this just shouldn't be free. <laughs> they should be behind a paywall. The athletic, the, do you want to cover the trial? Day two. Day two. Vardy has been cross-examined about texting her agent about Riyad Mahrez. Yeah, Vardy, Mahrez not turned up to training again. The lads are feuding. Agent, really, why don't you tell Rob Dawson from Sky? That Vardy. is my favourite part. <laughs> Vardy, I just don't want it coming coming back on me. Vardy has asked if the info came from the Leicester City dressing room, which included her husband, Jamie. Did you or did you not know the lads were fuming? She says it was gossip I'd heard and overheard, but Jamie and I had never discussed whether the lads were fuming. <laughs> Also, babe, an agent with one point said to her, babe, has Colleen and followed you? Oh, Vardy then said, oh, wow, I just saw. Wow, what a cunt. I'm going to message her. <laughs> Sensational stuff. Obviously, <laughs> I, I, Rebecca Vardy stalked and monitored me, says Colleen Rooney. This is amazing. I just want, I encourage you all to go and, to go and look at that trial because it is sensational. Anyway, 42 minutes into the podcast. Um, let's talk about some football this weekend. Um, no, you don't want to? Let's do your grapes topic, whatever that is. All right, is. that's a good point. Um, <laughs> so is a grape a berry? To you, I don't want to know the scientific, but to you, is a grape a berry? I just don't know what I should classify it as. Yeah, what else could it be? That's I don't know. It's just no alternative. Like... It just has to be a berry, doesn't it? Why can't it be it its own thing, Ross? Yeah, what, is it just a grape? Why can't it be its own thing? Like, what are we calling a banana? Is a banana a berry? Technically. Well, well no, it's not. Is it? It's got it's seeds, not, according to Dave. Uh, well, well, that. Did that. you know a cu- do you know a cucumber is technically a berry? Sorry, you just you just. By definition, you're, you're a spinning a narrative here. Yeah, I've got a second question, which is as inane, but it will get us away from talking about Leeds, who might be going down. How many stairs is enough for you to look at it and go, maybe not? Always take the stairs, people. But how many stairs is enough for you to go? Well, it depends where you're going. If you need to get up the stairs. You know, so, like, if you're looking at a park. You're in a park and there's like stairs up to this other thing, or you can like walk up a slight, slight rampy hill. 
what you took how many stairs to not get the stairs i mean it wouldn't take many for me to pick the ramp give me a number over or under 10 yeah that's i mean that's kind of where we're at here (laughs) if there's a ramp i'll walk up the ramp if i if i wanted to go up steps then I'll just go to the fucking stair climber thing at, at the gym. I mean, if you're, being offered, if you're being offered a ramp, you just take the ramp, don't you? Why would you go stairs there? This yeah, I it... mean, to be honest, if there's one stair, I'm probably taking the ramp. This is what I've... <laughs> Small ramp. Uh, this is this is what I've always I've always still rather about. go on it. The people I don't understand in life, you know, in airports where you've got like the travelators, where they're just like you walk along this like motorized runway, basically. Mm-hmm. The, thing. the people who don't get on them and they walk alongside them, like, yeah, what's going why on? would you do that? Yeah, that is baffling. I will if the stairs or an escalator. I will take the stairs. Really? Why? Well, just because it. In my degree, they, they told me that 95% of people take the escalators. So I've just got to be in the 5% that take the stairs. Because you like to be different? I just like to be healthy. Is this what, you know? is this what prompted the Joel Linton article all those years ago? Yeah, he <laughs> definitely takes the stairs. <laughs> um, okay, quickly. Who's going down? Lisa or Everton, have you changed your mind? Burnley, maybe? Not Burnley. I'm backing them. Because Ross yeah. famously said Everton aren't getting any more points. Are you still confident that they're going down? Because uh, they just keep capitulating. They keep but doing they still things. Have games in hand. Like they were looking all right at the weekend, and they get a man sent off. Again, See, Palace is tough, and then they've got to go to Arsenal and get something. That's not difficult, though. We, uh, DCL audition in front of his future fans. I mean, it's written the point. stars. Imagine if he keeps them up and then celebrates in front of the home fans. That would be... Oh. DCL's uh, I am worried about Burnley. Oh, but they've got Villa and then Newcastle. Having seen Villa... Villa are firmly on the beach. I think at least Leeds just. I think look, Leeds might go down. Leeds just look bereft of quality. Leeds have got to be the bookies' favourite, surely. I mean, Leeds have got the best player out of anyone, Rafinha. Um, does that help you though? No. Nah, does that help you? In a one-off game, in a one-off game, it does help you. But I, I just think I think Leeds are down. I think Leeds, Leeds probably deserve to go down. You know what I mean? Based on the way they threw away Bielsa and all that. Uh, I, th- I think it's going to be Leeds, but I want it to be Everton. I think I'm bored with that. Yeah, I, th- I think Everton are, are probably... If a team deserves to go down, it's Everton. Like, they've spent almost as much as Liverpool on that team and look yeah. playing for oh. You see, this is why the, the whole money argument never holds away with me, because you do have to spend it properly. Um... Interesting thing about you've also got cost. to spend money to make money. You got to you got to speculate to accumulate. That's what they say. Exactly. Um, Mike, we praised the signing of Vukovic. Said if he hits, it's going to be really good. He's got one goal in fourteen games. Yeah. I mean, as we said, if he hits, it's going to be good. If he doesn't hit, which he hasn't. Corn, <laughs> just, just, it's just interesting that Chris Woods also not lit the league up at Newcastle. But no, it's just sort of feels I mean, like if, it, if he'd have even scored five or six goals, 
they'd probably be out of it. Yeah. It just feels like Burnley's time, doesn't it? But it, it also feels does. like Leeds' time. You know yeah, I mean? and it also feels like Everton should be going down. There's some awful teams in this league. Yeah. I, I would rather get five of them. I mean, the choice. yeah, and while we're at it, can we change the League 2 relegation rules to do more than two? The League 2? Yeah, they only relegate two from League 2 and it's just total waffle. <sighs> how, how are you feeling about the balls? Are you confident? Uh, not really, but they are quite good. To finish third in the National League is impressive. Not bad at all, is it? Very good year. Um, Ross, how are you feeling about fourth? Do you think you're going to pip Tottenham or do you think Tottenham are going to pip? Uh, Callum Wilson's just scored, so uh, it's not looking good. <laughs> I have what seen that. Is? It hasn't come up on my stream yet, so I'm just waiting for... It was, uh, it's a Joel Linton assist um, for you, Mike. You've so. just got to get that goal and then what a, what a prediction I'll have had. If, if In fact, is it an Ogger? Oh, it's come off at least one Arsenal player there. If you don't get four, how are you feeling about this season? I'll tell you how Will's feeling about this podcast. Before the season, I wouldn't, I wasn't expecting it, but it's because we've had it, we had it in our hands, then we sort of threw it away a bit, but then we put it back in our own hands. And then, and then you've only like played once a week. Again. Only played once a week, so you're not going to be as easy next year in terms of fixture congestion with the Europa League. Yeah. Um, can I think, I just say given that... we've had it in our hands for so long, I think it's not great now to to potentially bottle it. Yeah, it doesn't feel great. No. <laughs> Shall we just carry on and let and we'll just waffle while Ross watches the rest of it. <laughs> <laughs> that man is deflated. <laughs> I think we're probably the only thing keeping him from just screaming at the TV. Who um... is the defender at the front there, Ross? I think it's Ben White. He has got to be sprinting a bit more than that. Yeah, I don't think I I don't think he's fully fit. He hasn't played for a few games. I mean, to be fair, Newcastle have absolutely deserved this. They've been really good. And we've been really bad. So I think we can't give Spurs Champions League football. What are we doing here? This is not the best season ever. Because if Spurs finish in the top I mean Spurs players better than any of our players, to be fair. Oh, boy. Three. Steady on. Ben Davis better than Zaka. What nationality is Ben Davis? Well, <laughs> Mike's thinking, why is he in the England setup? Get him in there. That's what I was Six. <laughs> Ryan Sessignon playing very well for Spurs right now, which is nice to see, given how promising he looked when he first burst onto the scene. Um, here's my next question for you. TalkSport, one of the talking heads on there, said that he reckoned Spurs were two midfield signings away from challenging for the title. Waffle that to me. I wanted to bring it here. What do you think of that? I mean, that is total trollop. <laughs> Don't agree with that at all. TalkSport... That is talk sport, just that clickbait again. That's not what we do here in the round. <laughs> we have a po- we have a <laughs> podcast titled Ronaldo's going to PSG? Question mark. Yeah, but that's clever marketing. That's not. Uh, we don't not, have enough fans to be clickbait. <laughs> we're not sending out a clip saying of me saying that he's going to PSG. 
Okay. Which is looking less look, likely by the day. But I want you to look down the camera and say, Mbappe to Real Madrid confirmed. <laughs> then I'm going to clip this out. <laughs> well, have you seen from Romano's tweet or Instagram earlier saying uh, Mbappe decision made? It doesn't tell you what the decision is. It just says... Well, I think the decision, decision is that he's going through Real Madrid. I think that's the af- the Athletic are reporting that he's agreed to deal with he's agreed terms with Madrid. However, PSG are trying to convince him to stay. He's going to announce his responsibility. He's going to announce what he's doing after the season, and they've reported that in January, February, March, May, April. <laughs> you know all of them. Like I was going to say, didn't we already know this? Yeah, like it, it's it's news for news' sake. It's the constant churn. Uh, what I will say is, although I enjoy a bit of the speculation during the transfer window. Nobody makes me more sick. And I'm sure he's a, per, he's, I'm sure he's a nice man than Fabrizio Romano. Every time I see, here we go, after he's, prof, prof, he's profiting off, the, off some other journalist's hard work. And he's just like, at the very end, he walks in, he goes, credit to such and such, but here we go. And everyone's like, oh, it's official now he's said it. It's official when they hold up the shirt, lads. Right. This is your PSA for the uh, the transfer window. Do not believe it until your club comments on it. Isn't that right, yeah. Odd Wingy? Yeah. And I say that to a friend of the podcast, Henry Hodgson, who every year will be like, what's this news about Chelsea signing Lewandowski? And I'm like, where have you got it? And he's got it from like, the Sun Sport column. And I'm like, there couldn't be a less reliable source. <laughs> Like that, you might as well have Dave at the corner of a bar with like a, a pint in his hand and a fag in the other one, and he's just going, "Oh, you know, I think Blues are going to get Harland." Like that's well, about I as reliable always, that is. I always say that Guillaume Balaguer every morning spins this little roulette wheel, and that's when he decides <laughs> what he what he what he's going to say about transfers that day. He was right about one transfer ever and it was the Torres to Chelsea one yeah and then everyone and that, believed everything else he ever said which never it, happened it did take a genius to work out that Chelsea were going to sign a bang average striker oh boy is it is it two to Newcastle it's not it's just one of the worst crosses in the history of football no no Tavares oh he's just oh, I'm bringing up Tavares for uh hey Will for can we do an over under Newcastle or Arsenal next year who finishes higher <laughs> On this evidence, it's not Arsenal. It's Arsenal. I don't know, you know. <laughs> How many people can they get in the door at Newcastle? Because Arsenal. How many people do they need in right. the door? They're already well, good. I'm not being funny, but if El Nene is still playing this time next uh, El year, El has been decent, to be fair. But uh, you're right. Uh, I mean, that's where Arsenal are. And they're Arsenal fit. desperately. Fit, Arsenal desperately a need a left back. Desperately well, need a left back. But Arsenal spent like 500 million. That's the the key problem. You can't you can't go into another season with Tierney being your first choice. He's just he's he's injured too often. You know a great man can't him being the first choice is not the problem. Him no Tavares being the backup is the problem. Look, a great oh, man once said We've got to another at full back now. Oh. You've you've got to be available to get on the pitch, you know? You've got to be on the pitch to play. I think that's what Yeah, you've got to be on the pitch to play. Um <laughs> just seeing that cross. Tough scene, wasn't it, Mike? That Real tough, tough scene. Uh, I think I that, formation we like up here. that will do us, except to say, hashtag Ross for Rouge. Café Rouge, Ross Bird has never been to your fine establishment. 
and we want to make that happen. So get in touch with us at inandaroundpod at gmail.com and we will get hashtag Ross to Rouge. <laughs> Ladies and yeah. gentlemen, tweet at Cafe Rouge, hashtag Ross to Rouge. <laughs> um, Ross, if the people want to follow you on Twitter so they can tag you in the hashtag Ross for Rouge tweets, where can they do that? Uh, at Ross underscore Birdfoot team. Yeah, that's hashtag Ross for Rouge. Mike, if the people want to follow you to find out more about the Jolinton victory lap, where can they do that? At Mikey Breslin. Uh, yeah, it's finally happening, everyone. And if you want to follow me, you can follow me at World 17. But please don't. Please instead follow us at In and Around Pod on all the socials. <laughs> I went a bit cork then. <laughs> From Ragnarok. <laughs> my friend Leek. We get any my friend Leek. Um, Dave will be back next week um, because he'll have recovered from the snake bites. Um, so he will be back as your regular fourth chair and hopefully he'll keep this podcast a bit more on the rails. Um, Is that what he does? More interesting would have happened. Yeah, it does well, feel well, like that. They- well played, Jared Bowen. Well, all I'm going to say is I, I'm getting to the point now where I'm so sick of current football. I'm praying for another Super League. <laughs> just bring it out. Like, I just want to get angry at something again. The new format of the Champions League is essentially a Super League. <laughs> I can't believe I've outroed and brought this up. Save it, Mike, because we need to talk about it at a later date. Okay. All right. Put it down on the docket for next week. Up the UEFA, that's what I say. Steady on. Oh, no. Right. Until next time. Sayonara. There we go.